0: This is The Workness Podcast, a platform for women of colour to discuss socio-political issues that affect the intersections of our identity. Hosted by myself, Mina,
1: Stacey, Adil, Khadija, Khadija Sharas and Jess. We recognise how powerful women of colour spaces give rise to the feeling of empowerment.
0: Therefore, expanding the space is imperative to express the voices of the unheard.
2: This episode is the second part of our Black Lives Matter episode. In this episode, we'll be talking about who is excluded from the movement and how all Black Lives Matter, as well as Black women and police brutality, and specifically the memification of violence against Black women. We'll also be talking about the fall of celebrity culture and whether the face of the celebrity holds as much value as it used to or whether we just want to see them open their purse. We'll also be talking about Black celebrities having to choose between standing up against injustice or their career And to end the episode, we'll be talking about holding celebrities to account.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to episode four, part two of the Wokeness podcast. Woo! Woo! (laughs) I like that one. That was nice. (laughs) So so the last episode was part one and we are back with the part two because we felt like there were so many other things that we didn't get the time to talk about. So... Mm today is going to be that episode where we fill in some of the things that we didn't mention and just go into a bit more detail. Um, And the first thing we're going to start off with is intersectionality and having a conversation about who was excluded from the protests and who became sidelines during the protests. So by that I mean like looking at the relationship between men and black men and women in how they're treated as a result of police brutality so for example everybody was saying George Floyd's name um and then when it came to saying the names of black women they kind of became you know sidelined um not many people knew that so many black women were affected by police brutality as and I think that you know there's been a debate about whether we should say it is police brutality instead we should really be calling it police murder so when it comes to police murders of black bodies a lot of the times we know it happens to black men more than it does to black women and that really does come down to the fact that black men who die as a result of police murder they're the ones that get the most media attentions or because they're the ones that get recorded more so for example with um Sandra I forgot how to say her last name Sandra Bland
3: yeah
1: mm-hmm. um she died in police custody and because that wasn't a recorded event it didn't get as much media traction but the more people started doing research on it the more it started to come out of the woodworks that like this was the case for her so i wanted to hear what you guys thought about that like intersectionality and the black lives matter protests
2: um i think i have a kind of nice segue from from that uh, in that there's a really good ted talk video called the urgency of intersectionality by Kimberly Crenshaw Um, and her video the beginning of it has this kind of experiment where she gets all of the audience to stand up and only sit down once they stop recognizing the names Um, and in the beginning everyone like uh we get names like Michael Brown George Floyd um and everyone stays standing but then when it came to and those were the names of uh, black men who were murdered by police but then when it came to um, black women being named um, as victims of police murder police brutality um, people started sitting back down um, and it was really interesting because she said in any in every single setting she's done that experiment in, the same thing happened so whether it's um, like a democratic like event democratic party event or whether it's like a women's advocacy group event people always sit down once she starts naming black women um so i think that just proves that no matter what setting you're in no matter how progressive or liberal or whatever you want to call it the same thing the same pattern is always repeated where black women
4: are left out of the conversation even like in the terms of police murder not even in that I feel like we dehumanize black women's experiences or they're not taken seriously. For example, what happened recently is um, Megan Thee Stallion with the shooting of her foot. And then when that was released, that apparently Tory Lanez did it, it just became memefied on the internet. People were making memes out of it. And that really affected her trauma because it wasn't taken seriously. There's even a video that came out yesterday um, of this woman called Drea,
1: and she was romanticizing it, saying she thinks that Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion have this Bonnie Clyde kind of dynamic where, um, yeah, so she was like, Tory Lanez might have been like, oh, stay in the car. And then Megan was like, no, I'm going to go out there. And then he shot her in the foot like, oh, no, you're not going to go anywhere so she was making it seem like it was this romantic moment and she was laughing at it and she's also somebody who has a problematic past um i didn't really i don't know much about it but what i saw on twitter is something to do with um her son and her being negligent with her son um and people like we haven't forgotten what you've done so for you to come at another woman during Mm. her trauma it really doesn't sit well with anybody and the fact that she had the confidence to laugh about somebody's experience
4: yeah Mm -hmm. it's just that like with black women you have two forms of oppression number one you have being a woman number two you have being black and then people when they talk about that they either talk about being a woman or being black whereas it's a crossroads Mm -hmm.
1: and it kind of goes into the um, conversation about all black lives matter yeah um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times people do seem to forget that like trans women exist
3: mm-hmm. and
1: that like for example like during like the peak of the protest there was this video going around of like a group of black men attacking a trans black woman and for them they didn't see the fact that she was one of their own in the sense of race but they just excluded her because of um her gender identity mm. and it was it was so like weird to see that you're protesting against injustices against yourselves but you're in turn oppressing somebody else because of their identity so it really does show that there's levels to it and how can you or somebody who's been oppressed feel like you have the right to oppress somebody else yet you're all fighting for the same cause but you're deciding to separate their identity when really Mm -hmm. they come as a whole being.
0: Yeah, I, there's just so much. There's so much that needs to be addressed in our own community, and that's not. And that's not a path at um, the like you said the the police police brutality or murder that we face. But I don't know. Seeing seeing stuff like that is really really discouraging, and I think it plays into the hands of what 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 people um, want. They want they want us to be divided because we have less mm-hmm.
2: of something to stand for or people to stand mm. with. I also think this might be a bit abstract, but like um, a lot of the, so I, I get what you mean Hadou. as in, um, I think this like uh, excluding certain people from a movement kind of plays into the hands of white supremacy. Cause like mm. even like the, the construct of the gender binary is a white supremacist thing. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? It's a very colonial um, concept. Mm-hmm. And it's like the division even within like marginalized communities, like it all does play back into the hands of like white supremacists, really.
1: Well, I forgot what to talk about.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, <laughs> I was trying to figure out like what's what's a good response to that because you basically said it all. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. do you know
1: what I mean? Like, what else?
2: Maybe talk about what you guys saw at in Brighton protests. Like, did you guys see that play out yourselves? Oh. You want to talk about Brian?
4: (laughs) You know what one sign I saw, and I do not know how to feel about it. There was this white girl, like white, white, and she had um, a poster up. And it had a picture of her mixed cousin, who's about five years old, saying, like, does her life matter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to feel about that Because I looked at it and I was just kind of shocked Because she was right in front of us When we went all together I don't know, it's just That's a very different dynamic in
0: my opinion Exactly so If it was
1: like a black mother Exactly, sense. whereas it's from the place of a white woman mm-hmm. And it's also It also goes Into the conversation about weaponizing black children mm-hmm. Especially black children girls um because there were so many times i saw images of like black Really young girls like around the age of five six going to these protests and people saying this is so empowering She's being she's part of something bigger than herself She's really like getting an understanding of race relations that da, that da, 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 da. And it's the fact that she's a child and people weren't really looking at it like that They were just seeing a black girl and automatically weaponizing her as they're using her as a weapon of progress and mm. then people try people struggle understanding why black women feel like they have so much responsibility when it comes to wow. um, yeah. when it comes to anything that's related to race, because we're the first ones who are on the front line to explain issues of racism. We're the first ones to fight against mm. racism and oppression. And it starts from young and these protests just proved that because mm. there was a girl that was doing a dance and everybody was proper praising her, like this is what the youth needs, but is there a white child doing that? Mm. do you know what I mean is there a child that's non-black like part of the POC community that's being taken to these protests because a lot of times these things do get violence do get Mm. violence sorry Mm -hmm. and you're exposing kids to that at such a young age and then people are concerned and worried as to why we have these complexes when we're older
0: I didn't even (laughs) think of it like that that's such a good point and I feel like you're you're right I think it just plays into that that idea of a black woman, um, I don't know, just there to, to to save people, if
2: that makes sense. I've yeah. got, have Have you guys seen that tweet um, of this white woman? I don't know, like, if she's a celebrity or, like, what kind of position she holds, I don't know, like, status-wise, um, but she sent out tweets saying something like, um, a black woman, I think, something like, black women are the ones who have to save all of us because white women are failing, continually failing us. Um, And this is coming from a white woman. And a lot of the replies were saying like, how come, why is it that you're framing it as if you're not also part of the group that is failing society? Like
3: Mm, she was framing it as
2: if like, oh, white women are continually failing like this movement as if she's not also part of that group. And then also just like, the sanctifying and like um, when I think it plays into what Stacey said like when you see like black women and especially like how young like black like like black toddlers like little girls like at these protests and they're like lauded for their participation like it sets up like for, for this white woman who tweeted that like it sets up this idea that like black women are going to like save the movement when it really it shouldn't be on the backs of black women to do this mm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah it was just that tweet was just so like the audacity of it was just shocking. I think
1: it's mad that she's tweeted that because every time that we learned about suffrage movement in high school, mm. it was always white women who were doing the most and yeah. it was very sidelining of POC women. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you I think a seen- whole
2: movie comes out, they'd be more willing to put themselves on the line, but no. Like a whole suffragette's movie.
4: But, but people forget that with the suffragette's movement, black women still didn't get the vote till years mm. later, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. I think
1: I am guilty of, I know we just talked about intersectionality and all that kind of stuff, but I am guilty of separating white women's identities so, for example, like, what Kadisha just said with that tweet, my first thought was, she is white before she is a woman. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even though she's. But I think that's fair enough, you know? Yeah, I can see how it can be a bit problematic for me to say that, but I can also see how it is a fair comment to make, because at the end of the day, white women, they, are, they have that privilege from their whiteness. I really I mean? hate to
2: say it, but I think white women can weaponize that. I mean you see it with like the whole Karen yes. thing like they will weaponize yeah. i mean I think that term has its own problems now because like it downplays it or trivializes like the violence that white women can mm. uh, perpetuate. but you can see like with those instances where they call the police like you can see that they're weaponizing that sort of like fragility or like femininity um. Mm yeah so I I think it's very fair for people to see when they see a white woman to see her whiteness before the womanhood
0: I I was also going to say that is I think um I agree with you because if if we look at like the feminism movement the main the main difference like from mainstream feminism all these other um all these other kind of minority groups of feminism is that mean mainstream feminism it is majority white women and it's because that 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 privilege kind of trumps a lot of other um, like their experience our experiences does that make sense like mm-hmm. as a white woman you have so many more privileges that um, other women from other minority groups won't even like have won't even be exposed to but again that's not to say that women don't face like classism and like you said transphobia homophobia stuff like that but race is i feel such 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 a big part
1: of it there are so many like um content that i've also seen and like books about how white women have um used their fragility during um like the colonial period and Mm -hmm. some of the things that they did out of jealousy and spite for black and POC women some of the stuff is so cruel and it's so weird to think that those are the people that are the ones like air quotation spearheading like the feminist movement Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and there is that kind of like amnesia that comes with it do you know what I mean Because for them, gender is what plays the biggest role in their identity, as opposed to what um, Hadil was just saying, and that race plays a big factor. For them, race is second and gender is first. Mm. So for them, like, for example, when I used to have um, conversations about feminism with some of my old friends in college, I didn't really have an understanding of what feminism was. um, And I just really didn't feel like feminism was for me. And I said this in a previous episode. But whenever we had conversations about feminism to them, it was more about gender as opposed to gender and race working together. So they would say like, oh, the gender pay gap. And they'll be like, free the nipple. But there really was never a conversation. And I think because we were quite young then and hadn't done our proper research into these types of issues, but there was always things that were quite trivial and things that wouldn't really benefit me as a black woman. That they were Mm. talking about because for them they talk about gender pay gap that's fair but you're a white woman suffering from a gender pay gap so you're going to be earning more than I am as a black woman because of your whiteness so Mm. it's that relationship between gender and race that is a bit of a um a bit of an issue when talking about feminism with white women because for them it Mm. really doesn't really it doesn't resonate with them when it comes to speaking about race I was going to change kind of go
2: into a slightly different topic was um with uh, like white gay men um, kind of co-opting um, mm. the behavioral culture of black women um, and how mm. like what that's done for the movement I don't know like if you guys had thoughts on that because like I you see it all the time it's it's really weird because I was watching um, like a catfish episode um, a few weeks ago and it was, like, one the catfish turned out to be this, like, white guy from L.A. And you could just see, like, from the way he was talking, um, it, was comp- it was, like, almost he just lifted his personality from, like, what he probably thought was, like, how black women talked or acted. And it was just sort mm-hmm. of, like, it was really crazy to me because it's, like, that sort of no sense of self-awareness of, like, mm-hmm. where you're drawing your influences from or... I don't know it's just a very like weird thing for me especially in
1: in this kind of like movement right now there was uh, a tweet that I told you guys about where what was that the celebration of Juneteenth yeah and there was this guy um that was saying like Um, Juneteenth shouldn't be made into a holiday um, because it happens during Pride Month and black people already have an entire month dedicated to black history. Sincerely the gays and Mm. it was a white gay man and in the comments everybody was like the gays who because uh, you're not speaking for me. I am a gay but you're not speaking for me because I do not agree with your opinion and Mm. it's the fact that he is able to say that with his chest like already have a month dedicated to you guys why do you need another day Mm. and it just really shows that he's speaking from a place of privilege from Mm. his whiteness and the fact that he said the gays shows that he's completely ignoring the fact that there are so many different types of people in the LGBT community of so many different ethnic backgrounds Mm. I
3: think that comes
4: back to the all
1: black lives matter like why are you acting as if there aren't
2: like gay black people who like celebrate both it's sort of like yeah just in terms of like intersectionality like it really weirds me out when they're like there's this sort of like false dichotomy between like the gay community and then I mean obviously they are like separate communities but like the idea that there's no overlap or that they're mutually exclusive and like I don't know that sort of like gatekeeping sort of behaviour where you're like you already have a month it's just sort of like what
4: how productive is that at all
1: yeah i wonder what his political party was that could be (laughs) telling
4: okay but then there's also the failure to acknowledge what white gay people have benefited from black and minority queer Mm. people like the ballroom scene the rights and everything they felt like they failed to acknowledge that Mm
1: But it's weird when they say inside every, black, inside every gay man, there is a strong black woman.
4: Oh my god,
1: where did that start? Because I, I really do want to do some research into that. that scene. Yeah,
2: like, I, I, I want to know that history because it's like it seems like such. I mean, it probably comes down to like the general, I think maybe it's just a symptom of like the wider culture we have of co opting like black culture. Mm. Um,
1: so maybe it's just down to that, but like I,
2: that what, phrase is just so jarring. Like,
1: what if I said inside every little black girl there is an East Asian woman? What does that mean? Gen- g- genuinely, what if I said inside every South Asian woman there is an English lady or an Italian? Inside every inside every English block there's an Italian stallion. What if I said that? Like, what does that genuine, What does that actually mean? You know, like oh. if my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. Like, we say that all the time. <laughs> <What> <laughs> <a bit about? laughs> does that mean there's an Italian inside me? Like, what does that mean? Like, let us know. Put it down in the comments. <laughs>
2: Please
1: don't forget to <laughs> like Come and below. subscribe. Where's Perez uh, Hilton, by the way? Does anybody know?
2: No clue. No idea.
1: Because he's one of the Perez, people really He
2: said, Paris. Yeah, Perez. Oh. No,
0: Perez. He's on, on TikTok. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say I had a dream. Uh, I had a dream last night that Katie Hopkins' uh, card got declined in my Sainsbury's. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to share that, but I think I don't know. Yeah, she, uh, she's bankrupt, isn't it? So I just had a dream. She? That
1: she,
0: yeah, I swear to God, I had a dream that I want, that she wanted to buy some milk, <coughs> and her card got declined. And basically, the security guard in my Tesco's is her uncle. And my uncle, can I come see? and then we both watched her card get declined and then I left and then I said thank you and honestly it was a really nice thing no I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that someone not being able to feed themselves is great but like it was the uncle part that I like
1: but it's Katie Hopkins so I also I don't really like Katie Paul Hopkins
0: was. yeah sorry I just had to, obviously I had to say that I don't like Katie Paul Hopkins
1: was. back into it we really wanted to talk about the memeing of violence against black women Um, We did go into it a little bit with um, what happened with Megan Thee Stallion. But the one that really shocked me the most about Becoming a Meme is the death of Breonna Taylor. But more specifically, um, people wanting to get justice for her murder. And this kind of goes into, once again, some of the other topics that we're going to be talking about today. But um, I wanted to know how you guys felt about people memeing um say her name Brianna Taylor I've seen it on TikToks I've even seen some celebrities using it as a meme and for them they don't it really shows how out of touch they are with how to actually use social media because in my opinion the only celebrity who knows how to use social media properly is Lil Nas because he came from social media you know Mm -hmm. what I mean but Mm -hmm. um so I just wanted to know how you guys feel and what what kind of memes have you seen regarding Breonna Taylor's murder
3: and justice? Um, yeah, um, I've seen a lot of like memes that are like. Um, there's a couple. There one that always like kind of. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like like it's kind of, like it makes me feel weird. Um, is the one that's kind of like today like, today's a beautiful day, um. but also, like, arrest the uh, murderers of Brianna Taylor, mm. or, like, the ones that are, like, it's, like, the one, uh, one that's, like, another one is, like, um. it's a beautiful day to, to like, arrest the um, murderers of Brianna Taylor, but, like, the first one where it's just kind of, like, an afterthought, does that make sense? Mm. Like, it's all, it's, like, Oh, um, I think Lily, like, someone mentioned one time that Lily Reinhart was all like, this is to get your attention. So, like, arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Like, and it was showing her side boob Mm, in the picture. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, like, I don't know when it became meme, like, quote unquote, meanable. Or like, it just feels weird. Yeah I think
1: um, the problem with meme culture is like you said like we don't really know when it became a meme and mm-hmm. I feel like people probably had the right intentions in the beginning as mm-hmm. a way of raising awareness um, and also because movements are now becoming trendy it then turned into a trend to raise awareness and then that in mm-hmm. itself created it created a meme out of the situation if that makes sense
4: mm-hmm.
1: so that kind of that's kind of a way that we can look at the progression of it into a meme but it's just that with memes it's hard to control what form it's going to take and then sometimes it does become a bit ridiculous um, mm-hmm. and it also becomes clickbait mm-hmm. and mm. i've been seeing so much clickbait on twitter like for example when um uh, okay, so for example, the one that I, one of the ones that I saw was about, um, oh, they're like breaking news. We found out who Becky with the good hair is, and it was a thread about like J- the like um a thread about um who Becky with the good hair is um, regarding Jay Z and Beyonce. So I mm-hmm. clicked on it and I was like, okay, this is a bit random, and it was just a load of petitions to sign and um it was saying like oh arrest the police officers who killed Breonna Taylor and um, should reopen all these other cases sign these petitions and don't do some donations and I don't know how I feel about it because it did get a lot of people's attention but at the same time Mm. like is it necessary to make it clickbait Mm,
3: you know you know
2: what I think this might be a bit of a stretch but like I think it plays into kind of the rise of kind of infographic activism that we've started to see.
4: Because I mm. think
2: what I initially saw before Breonna Taylor became like a meme um, or like put into a meme format, I started seeing a lot of like aesthetic posts about Breonna Taylor, like um, aesthetic pictures with like text overlaid with like justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, and mm. then after that, I saw a lot more memes about it. And then I I think, I think kind of this plays into how. As as soon as you start, not I don't think commodifying is the right word, but as soon as you start putting a social justice movement or or kind of a need for justice into a format like a meme, and like memes by their nature are like meant to they they die out very quickly. You know what I mean? Like they have yeah. like a lifespan, so to speak. I think as soon as you start putting these kind of movements which are supposed to be sustained and, like, integrated into your daily life and not just your, like, social media or whatever. Um, As soon as you start putting these movements into, like, these, like, meme packages that includes, like, the clickbait uh, Twitter threads or the aesthetic infographic posts that you can, like, put onto your Instagram without ruining your aesthetic or you Mm. put it into, like, TikTok dances. Like, all of these things have their own life cycle. Absolutely. And... Um, of course, when you take into account like our biases against like vulnerable groups, so like black women, black trans women, um, they all, they are already so vulnerable to like this kind of memifying already. So I mm-hmm. think that kind of plays into it. Yeah, that was sorry, that was like a, a really kind of tangential point, but yeah. E- e-
4: mm-hmm. can I borrow your dictionary? <laughs> 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 of course. But um, do you guys believe that there's only so much social media can do? In in, in what way? In terms of bringing justice, because you see bare people posting the black boxes and again with these infographics. But do you think that is actually making a vast difference or do you think we should get out of that and actually do something on the daily? Um, I feel
1: like as bad as it I don't know if this is the correct word, but I think because using social media is so passive, mm. it's something that you can do without putting in too much thought or too much mm. arrangement if that makes sense. Whereas if we want to do something on the daily physically, there's only so long we can physically protest. so the next best thing that gets the word around quicker and is easier to arrange is social media and it's i find it like i don't like the fact that we rely on social media so much i would much rather have something that is a little bit easier to control especially when it comes to social justice but social media is the next best thing and i feel like that's one of the only ways i've been able to do my little bit of activism because mm-hmm. especially those-
4: now because of covid i guess as well that yeah. social media
1: Yeah 100% so I feel like it's good I think it's good to get the masses like it really does become like the world stage yeah and I do feel like that there has so much that social media has achieved regarding this movement but at the same time it is something that is so volatile and so difficult to control that people higher up won't necessarily see it as something that's of value and they won't take it as seriously because of meme culture
0: i just wanted to come back to a point that um said about um like using using memes and i think you're right that there's it's definitely like it's 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 a cycle like a a meme has a life cycle if that makes sense i feel like people using like tiktok for example as a way to speak about brianna taylor the death of brianna taylor should alone cause you cause you to 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 feel anger and
3: mm-hmm. and have
0: the motivation to mobilise. It shouldn't have to be hidden in a TikTok to get you to react, mm. or mm-hmm. in a photo of some of side boob. It's not your favourite celebrity should not. I don't. Yeah, I I don't know why we're reliant on stuff like that.
4: So I don't I didn't know who the actress was, and I didn't know that this was happening, but. With the memification, with that type of, say, in quotations, activism, I don't look at that and then be like, wow, I'm now woke mm. because of this. Mm. So I feel like it is just lazy. It is just because it's
0: trending at the moment. Oh, I was just going to say I remembered my second point, which oh, okay. is, um, the question that you raised, Jess, about... Uh, can social media only do so much? And I agree with you, Stacey. I feel like social media can can raise awareness and gather, and it can and it and it can give you the motivation to mobilise. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like real systemic change happens in in real life, basically within mm-hmm. within, yeah. within institutions, within governments, within laws, policies, and changing and changing societal attitudes and cultural attitudes and again social I feel like social media is the starting point but if you really want to carry out and follow through with the work that has to happen outside of it thank you
1: I think that feeds into representations um via media or should I say this way it feeds into media representations of certain issues and like you said like social change really can only happen properly and effectively in real life and I feel like because social media is a different reality Mm. it is like an entirely different dimension from the space that we're physically in and I think that that can also be said about media representations of issues because they want to give you their reality they're trying to make their reality the dominant idea that's what everybody should be reading and it goes into like people's like the CERN, the Daily Mirror, how they're going to represent things is going to to be reminiscent of the reality that a specific group of people is living and that reality might be that black lives don't matter and that um, protesting while black is a crime whereas protesting while white is just the standard Um, Mm -hmm. and then that also goes into the conversation about what it means to protest while black what are you protesting against, what are you fighting against, and what do white people protest for, what are they fighting against? Because in the conversation of COVID, there were white people in America protesting that they wanted a haircut, but there was nobody there with riot gear. So for Mm -hmm. them, protesting while white is a privilege in a sense that they won't have violent opposition. Whereas when black people And Indigenous people, POCs and every other ethnic group, and their protesting is seen as criminal, it's seen as wrong. So also, like, what people protest for can also trivialise a movement and trivialise protesting as a concept itself. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of wanted to know what you guys' thoughts were. My grammar, I realise that sometimes I speak, like, using words and all that kind of stuff. And then my grammar just drops to you guyses. Like, what is that? that that's English is I,
2: fake, Stacey. It's all, it's all fine.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Thank you. I just thought it was funny that I went from, like, speaking articulately to saying you guyses. But anyway, um, yeah, I want to know what you guys' thoughts were on, um,
3: like, protesting while black versus protesting while white. Protesting while black is, like, really scary. Mm. Um i so for example um i've been to every like i don't want this to sound like braggy um it's like so since the movement has started um and like protests have started popping up in brighton um i've been to every single one now for those of you who don't know um i'm canadian so i'm here on a student visa and uh there is a possibility that at these protests, they can get violent, something can happen. And I was really worried because as I said, I'm on a visa. So if I get arrested, I'm gone, right? So I get deported. If I'm even like somewhat involved with the police, like I'm gone. While these protests were happening, it was like, really, really, really scary, even though, um, like, like, some people are being like, maybe it won't get to, like, the same extent that it does in America, like, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine, but there's still that part of me that was just, like, okay, but, like, what if, like, something happens? Do you know what I mean? And I'm just there, and then people start getting arrested, and I'm just there because I'm there, and, like, they start asking information, and, like, I remember, like, people being, like, you can't, like, just, like, 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 it was scary. It was really, 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 really scary. And knowing that, like, anything could happen at any time and knowing that, like, even though I'm sitting there fighting for something that is right, that is happening, like, the facts of the matter that in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, like, you're actually risking, like, your visa and, like, maybe even your life. Like really got to me every time. I think just a, a small thing this reminded me of was um
2: I can't remember the name of it. Be Be you know there was like a eight not ages ago maybe like 2017 2016. There was like a KKK rally um in America mm-hmm. I think Charlottesville right. Um, yeah yeah yeah. And there were pictures taken of these like of of these uh people from the KKK and they faced no repercussions even though their faces were like plastered all over like um the news Mm. um and they have no repercussions but if you're just protesting to like for black people not to be killed by police um and you're having to think about your student visa whereas like white people that doesn't even even if they're protesting for a good reason or for the kkk like they don't even need to think of that like of the repercussions
1: that they could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that feeds into like the scare tactics that they like to use. So the more people that are scared, the less people are gonna turn up for these events and it works in their favor because then they're kind of, um, what's the word? They're not giving power to the movement anymore. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's kind of sad that they, do you want to use fear as a way to stop people from getting equality and it's i saw this uh, i saw this tweet and it was like white people will swim with alligators but they're scared of equality (laughs) and it really just it really made sense to me and it just made me think of all the times i've seen somebody doing something extremely reckless and people like you know who wouldn't do this and it points to a melanated figure And it just reminded me of that. So it is really sad that people have to go out there scared that this might be the last time that they might be in this country, they might have their rights taken away, all or, or because they want equality and justice. And it's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Moving on mm-hmm. to celebrity culture. Your problematic phase. I've,
0: I've had enough of them. Um, and right.
1: We've all seen the Go light. On
0: her Celebrity stan culture is done. We've it's... we've seen the light. We've had enough. We've had we enough. We really
1: have. Like, imagine how much right. We've gone through so much when it comes to celebrities. We really mm. have. They really have put us through our pace. And you know when people say eat the rich, we should really eat celebrities first. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? With a side of soy sauce because these guys are getting oh. out of hand. And I went through my following a couple of weeks ago. And I used to follow like around 500 and something people, maybe even Mm -hmm. more. And I did a mass unfollowing spree. I think- Oh, I did
0: that last night.
1: Bro, it was so satisfying. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I follow a limited number of celebrities now, like a very, very, very limited. And some of them, it's not because they were problematic. I just felt like it wasn't necessary for me to follow them anymore. I just have no feeling towards them. And yeah, one of the saddest unfollowings I've had to do was Lana Del Rey. I loved oh, yeah. her music so much. She was my artist of the decade. I loved her so much. And then she started coming for black women unprovoked. And I just thought, No, not not Lana. You know when Jada does not that you. thing on their table talk, not you. <laughs> like <laughs> I felt that Willow felt that you know it was that kind of moment I was just like mm-hmm. I need to get rid of Lana Del Rey now and I thought she was all right then I remembered she's married she's in a relationship sorry with a police officer then it all made sense
0: I'm just I don't know are we talking about covid related because that's like that's where celebrities have disappointed me I mean they don't they don't owe anything to me I don't owe anything to them I don't know any celebrities I'm not I don't as you guys know I don't have instagram so I don't really follow celebrities mm. but I've just the stuff that I no actually covid and black lives matter related they are doing the weirdest stuff like for example I shared this I think on the group on our chat um about the Black Lives Matter video that some um actors did where Mm -hmm. they were where they were I mean I get the intention you know like let's use our creative talents to raise awareness but I I had to remind myself these people are actors they are acting they honestly are acting so um just to quickly describe it, it was like a, it was, it was a video where they each, you know, um, similar to the imagine, um, singing video where they each say a line from a script and, um, it was black and white, obviously the theme black lives matter. Um, and they were saying, you know, I am, and it was white actors. There were no black actors. It was white actors. And they were saying, I am guilty for every time that I, you know, um, downplayed police brutality or like a microaggression or i was responsible for it or something like that and it it was so patronizing it was so so patronizing and again i think that's like the third time that in, um, example that i've seen of how out of touch celebrities are they
2: are not Can i just hard- say mm-hmm. they were probably paid to do that absolutely. as well absolutely no black actors you're paying white actors to read out a line from a script. Like, who's helping?
0: No, it's so true. And it's, I think Michael B. Jordan said it. He he was calling out Hollywood, and he said, "Okay, you guys are talking about Black Lives Matter. Redirect your energy and your focus to making sure that there are more Black writers in in the writing room. There are more Black actors that are being paid mm-hmm. the same as your white counterparts." And when I look at that video, I'm like, "Okay, first of all, you're probably giving money to white actors to 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 play a role. When this is this is again, again, white actors are making it about themselves. It is not about you. It is not." About mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. just made
1: me angry. I think one of of the angry. that's doing okay is Anne Hathaway. I um, her. Oh, I love her. her, her, her entire, entire... I knew she was a real one when she became Princess of Genovia. I knew it. I knew it was just going to manifest we,
0: in real life. Most unproblematic country. <laughs> how, how many?
1: How itself? many cases has of COVID has Genovia had? Zero. None. Zero. Let me tell one. you, none. So Sorry, carry on Stacey um, Police brutality in Genovia Don't know her, you know, does not exist But um, She had her entire Instagram feed Taken over by a black woman During um, <gasps> During the protests, like At the height of it, I- I'm not sure if she's still Done a takeover, but she was like I'm going to hand over my Instagram to her And part of me is like, that's good Give her your platform because you know You have the numbers but at the same time, it's kind of putting that responsibility back onto a black woman instead mm. of herself. Mm. So there is mm. that dicey moment where um, there is a bit of a boundary that's being crossed in mm. and, and regards to the stuff that we've already talked about. like It's not black people's jobs to educate you. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, yeah. I love the fact that she, was, she thought about it. Do you know what I mean? She was like, what can I do with my platform? And that's give it to someone yeah. else because of the numbers that I have. So that's wider outreach. And it was really mm-hmm. cool. Like, she was bringing on like, um, different um, black creatives mm-hmm. and positions, and they're just having like, a conversation with them. And it was really nice to see that. Like, nobody else has done that. Um, I actually, Selena Gomez did something similar. I don't like yes. Selena Gomez. I'll set it out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> After <laughs> sorry. the Waverly Place ended, I just cut my ties with her. She's boring. <laughs> She's
3: so tense. Do
1: you, do you, do you like, bag and all that kind of stuff. But she, she bores me. Anyway, sorry.
3: That's okay. Um she yeah, but like yeah, she did something like because like I I only just started on people yesterday. I didn't know that you can do that, basically. Didn't cross my mind. But um but that's besides the point. Anyway, uh yeah, Selena Gomez, uh, I think for like I don't know if she's still doing it, but she gave her platform to like different people like each day. So like it would be like a professor or a lawyer or an activist, like, each different day that was a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, she'll be like, today's daily takeover is from so-and-so. And I thought that was really interesting, too. I know Lily um, Lily Reinhart um, interviewed people um, and did that. Uh, I know Cole Sprouse just, like, flat out got arrested. Mm. Um, <laughs> Our favorite <laughs> Cole. We love, yeah, we stand. Um, but it yeah like it's been very interesting watching just kind of like how celebrities have reacted to this and going back to your um point Hadel about the video (laughs) like it was just one of those things where for me I don't know if I like I don't know if disappointed is like the right word to use because it was just like disappointed and like cringe and like ah like it was a lot of feelings that I had towards that because it it like made me think like if this is like your response to this movement like what have you done like when you worked with black actors Mm yeah behind the scenes and like so did you just like let things like slide like Mm -hmm. or you just like you know what I mean? Like you just let like microaggression slide behind the scenes and you just let like your coworkers and stuff just kind of go through this and not say anything. Like, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way and like gave me a lot of questions to ask myself about Hollywood. Um, and that do? oh, sorry, what are you gonna say,
1: Stacey? Oh no, it's okay, go on, I do.
0: I was going to say, that just reminded me of... I think it was a table talk that I, I watched. Well, I only watched that the first 10 minutes. But it was a table talk. Um, you know, there's videos that they do on YouTube where they have... Not table talk. Um, you know, like actors, where they just get different types of actors Round around the table. table. Thank you. That's it, yeah. So I think it was Janelle Monae, adore her. Um, Zendaya, adore her. Um, and I think there was... Um, Reese Witherspoon and a few other actors and it was all ladies and um Janelle Monet was talking about um the Black Lives Matter movement and how it is it is it's it's our time and she she was really good at bringing whatever they were talking about um and she was talking about um yeah she was just talking about black lives and how they're impacted and then Reese Witherspoon said yeah you know i completely i completely um you know relate to you talking about being outspoken and how black people are demanding more because um, you know, as a woman um, in the writers' room, um, I make, I'm making sure that whenever I take a job, I'm looking for the for the women. You know, and I appreciate her her comment, but at the same time, she she. And I could tell... You, you, I could honestly tell that she didn't mean to. But she brought it back to talking about something completely different. Like, she, she, she unintentionally cut off Janelle Monet when she was talking about black lives. And she brought it back to talking about women. And she didn't even address the racial part of it. And, yeah, time and time again, I'm just... I don't I don't stand celebrities and I hope I never will because that's just energy that I don't want to direct to people. And they're just maybe I'm being very, very general and I'm assuming so little of them, but I'm just constantly seeing how detached and how they're just not socially aware. That is it. They're just not. Socially yeah, aware.
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, like when I was a kid, I was really into celebrity culture, like really into celebrity culture. Like I was like a stand for so many people. And like, I, my mom would constantly be like, yo, like, you have to remember that these people are people. And I feel like now more than ever, like that, what she is saying is like really coming to light about like not putting people on a pedestal because they will just kind of let you down. You know, that's,
0: that's my bad as well, because they're celebrities. I'm like, oh, they have to, I mean, you absolutely have more of a social responsibility, but Mm also like with people at the end of the day. Can to talk about Dave Chappelle? Because I didn't know that, what oh. Dave Chappelle said. Wait, did what you? did Dave
1: Chappelle say? You have segwayed perfectly. Yeah, so a little backstory. Um, my dad really loved Dave Chappelle. So I was introduced to him when he did his um, Inside the Actors studio. I think I was like seven at the time. So my dad used to watch quite a lot of his comedy sketches and all that kind of stuff. So I knew about Dave Chappelle from quite a while ago. And he always presented himself as somebody who just spoke the truth, regardless Mm -hmm. of who is going to be offended by it. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of times those people that were offended were the white people. But anyway, so he spoke a lot about the black experience and some other stuff. And he spoke about Hollywood in that, Inside the Actors Studio episode, he spoke about Hollywood and he said that Hollywood will make you go crazy. Hollywood is toxic, do you know what I mean? And you're only Mm -hmm. good to them when you're giving them something. And sometimes you do have to take a step back, remove yourself entirely from that environment because of how toxic it can get. So he's been doing quite a few um, shows with Netflix, like stand-up shows. Um, some of them better than others I'll admit but I was waiting for him to speak on the issue when the protest was proper like starting so I was asking myself I was like where's Dave Chappelle he hasn't said anything and I was looking to him like he's the guy that should really be speaking and saying something and I was surprised that he didn't say anything and then he came out with a lockdown quarantine set Mm. and I think it only lasted like I don't know how long it lasted actually I should have googled it but it was a very short set and he was talking about what's currently going on so he was talking about the police murder of George Floyd and the protests but he said like he said something along the lines of not understanding why people were looking to him to say something he was like nobody needs to know what ja Ru is thinking right now because the streets are talking for themselves mm. and i thought that that was a very like that was such a point thing to say because everybody was so looking well everybody was so excited like de chapelle's gonna say something he's gonna say something and he didn't say anything that was like revolutionary or anything do you know what i mean He said that for him to further add because the streets have already said what they need to say. And I thought it was really good that he knew that him as a celebrity, he he wasn't really necessary at this point. Whereas Mm -hmm. there are other celebrities that felt the need to speak and what they were speaking just wasn't adding any value. And I just thought it was really cool of him to say that he knows he... Isn't as relevant as he used to be in the sense that we don't need celebrities to speak for us anymore
3: mm-hmm.
1: because we're doing that ourselves. And it goes back to that video of the actors in Hollywood, like I see you. Da, 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 da. Um, they didn't need to make that video. All they needed to do was open their purse and keep quiet, but they felt the need to mm-hmm. show their faces. And I think that's also something celebrities need to realize that in our time period now, celebrity culture isn't as necessary as it used to be. Do you know what I mean? Like, celebrities Mm -hmm. no longer show their face and people start screaming you know we want more from them and we want to see receipts as much as we say we don't care what we um as much as we say that we don't need to see how you spend your money at times like this we need to see you openly open your purse and say this i've done do you know what i mean yeah we do need those receipts because that's the only way we can trust that you're doing actual good for the movement and for
3: the cause Yeah, like even um, I know we're on the topic of celebrity culture and this may be going a little bit left, but um, I do remember while um, BLM was just kind of still like when it just like kind of was like, I don't want to say hype. I don't like using that word when it comes to this, Um, but like when it was really like in everybody's kind of like face like feeds, I should say. Um, somebody made a really good point about companies Mm. and like how they were showing support and a person that I followed on Instagram was like I want to see receipts from these companies saying that they're showing support and like saying that they're donating and stuff and that's going back to what you were saying Stace about like just kind of, like, showing that you care, like, Mm. when companies were, like, okay, we support, it's, like, okay, openly donate, show us that you donated, but also, can you put more black people on your staff, Mm. like, also, like, can you put more black people in higher positions, and, like, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: Thank I the same as no, I completely agree with you, Sharice. Yeah. And not only like uh, hiring more black people, but making sure that there is an environment where black people feel safe and comfortable to work. Because I feel yes. like we talk about hiring processes as well, but once you're actually within a, a job, it is a completely different story. And yeah, you're you're right, like companies have so much responsibility in terms of the people that they employ and sca- safeguarding them. So it's not enough to say a statement and change your logo to black and white. Mm. Like you said, we want real results, we want a receipt.
1: I also wanted to touch on um, kind of going back to the um, celebrity culture thing. Um, And I think this can also work with companies as well, I'm not too sure, but um, having to choose between injustices
3: Mm.
1: and standing up against standing up against things that are not in alignment with your moral compass ethics or whatever and then having to choose your career so there was a lot of talk about black celebrities having to make the choice between their career and speaking up against racism so people like oh be careful you might lose your career john boyega he's the best example i can think of because he was one of the guys Mm -hmm. that a lot of people were coming for like you need to be careful mm-hmm. with what you're saying because you've got young star wars fans and he basically said i don't give a fuck like i don't care yeah He's gonna speak out regardless and it's just that it's just mad that people have to make that choice in this day but, and
4: age
3: yeah like i remember some again like it was on instagram and somebody um had a post that was like it's funny how like I don't know if I should say this, um, like, Mark Wahlberg, allegedly, I don't, I haven't really looked into this, but allegedly according to this post,
2: now nah, he has a whole
3: Wikipedia section about, yeah. about hate crimes. Okay, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, um, this is me yeah. trying oh. not to get us sued, um, <laughs> oh. like, huh. yeah, so, uh, appa- like, so he has, like, he has a history of, like, hate crimes, uh-huh. and he has a pretty successful career and the post was saying it's really jarring how like John Boyega is worried about being blacklisted at the moment for standing up for his life while Mark Wahlberg has a list of hate crimes and he has a great career and he has nothing to worry about and like mm-hmm. it, it it's just like like I remember and like this is a topic that has come up a couple times in just like personal conversations I've had there's a girl on Riverdale named Vanessa Morgan and she has been very, very vocal about um her and the, oh my god, her name's Ashley something, but she's also, uh, she also played on Riverdale as well. And they have, both of them have been, like, very, very vocal about, like, the racism that's happening in Hollywood. And I believe that Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Morgan said something along the lines of that she gets paid the least or something in all of her mm-hmm. casts, And, like, the producer of Riverdale, like basically was, like, apologize to her, like, put, like, a public apology out. And I'm sitting here worried, and I'm like, is she gonna get written out next mm-hmm. season? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. of that? And, like, and people really like her. Like, people really like her character. I really like her character as well. But the thing is, is that, like, her character barely speaks now. Like, she was really cool when she was first introduced, and now she barely speaks. And now that actress is speaking out on it. And it just comes to this point of, like, they're showing you issues that are happening in your industry. You clearly need to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just really, like, it's really sad and really annoying that John Boyega it may have his career ruined. I'm not saying, like, you know what I mean, because of this. Yeah.
1: There was um, what you said about Riverdale.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, the pussycat so they were called? Yes, yes, so her, her as well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that
0: name always <laughs> made me laugh, sorry. That, this is serious.
1: Wait, that's the Ashley girl, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. similar Actually, to what you said yeah. about um, Vanessa's character. Um, she's saying less and all that kind of stuff. The Pussycat Dolls, did, oh, I keep saying Pussycat Dolls, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it Josie? Jessie and the Pussycat? <laughs> Josie, Josie and the Jessie. Pussycat. The fact that they were there, those characters were so cool. Mm -hmm. they really did give that diversity. They met that diversity quota. And the fact that they just got written out or they just... Because
3: they just disappeared, didn't they? Yeah, and, like, that's the thing was, like, in season one, they did a really good job with, like, speaking about the issues that were happening in the world. Like, there is a scene where Josie and the Pussycats are talking to Archie, and they talk about privilege. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember that. And, like, also, like... I know yes I do still watch Riverdale for those of you who are wondering oh, <laughs> but no. like yeah I still watch Riverdale but like the thing is is that um they were great at the like like first and then slowly but surely as the seasons went on it's now just about the four main characters and they Mm. have like an openly gay character they have like black characters but the minorities are on the sidelines and they go into that category of being like the black best friend or the gay best Mm. friend and they don't get that moment to shine their storylines sometimes are picked out and there Mm. have been moments where like they did get their chances to shine throughout the seasons but like Josie left Riverdale I don't know if she's coming back because she left to go to another universe within the Riverdale universe but that show was canceled but it's like one of those things where it's like you wrote these characters in as diversity you were great at addressing it at first and now you've literally just fallen into the stereotypical Hollywood line well like Vanessa Morgan's character who's still there she has a great storyline and she had a great introduction and they can do so much more with her character but all they have done is made her the girlfriend to the white character and the white character steals the show and she's just kind of there
1: that's when the conversation of having like actual black and ethnic writers in the room yeah because they're the ones that are there to bridge that gap of so they're the ones that are there to give depth to those characters and at the end of the day like we always say it shouldn't be our responsibility to write our own stories but at the same time yeah. I would rather have that responsibility put on me and put something out there that's worthwhile that has better representations. and the um, conversation about like Vanessa's characters and all the other like diverse characters being sidelined I have been seeing a lot of like threads and conversations around how Bonnie was treated in The Vampire Diaries and how other um, POC characters are treated within that franchise. Like the fact that whenever there was like a black character introduced, they got got, they got killed. The amount Mm -hmm. of times that Bonnie's character Mm -hmm. was written to be the savior of everybody whilst getting little to no recognition. Mm -hmm. was just quite tragic and even like the end of her storyline she didn't really get her happiness but everybody else did so it was like everybody else was she was suffering for the people and that really does Mm -hmm. kind of reflect like the life that we live where a lot of times black women are the ones suffering but they're not getting the recognition and they're not getting the support and I think that's why like for example oh I may destroy you oh my god Mm -hmm.
2: just finished that
1: that show okay good. first
2: of all no spoilers but okay. can i make an ab like a quick kind of abstract point yeah. well, I mean, yeah. okay so um i don't watch netflix but um i this whole conversation kind of like reminded me of when we were talking about like the life cycle of a meme mm-hmm. and you know how like pre-netflix you kind of like you had to wait for things to come out there was a very like sustained um like if, if you're a fan of something like you know how like binging only became like a proper thing once Netflix became a thing
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and I just wanted to like maybe I don't know if this is like way too abstract but like this kind of culture we have now of like Netflix and like binging things and kind of like the culture of always needing to like pump new content out mm. and rather than having like well written Mm. period of time Mm -hmm. um I was thinking like I mean there have always been issues of uh writing black characters out or having a diversity quota or like um black actors being blacklisted for talking about their their wages um but when you add a culture of like I'm not saying Netflix doesn't produce quality shows but I think we're now in a culture where quantity like kind of overtakes that like we want more seasons, we want them now, we want to binge them so we can take over Twitter, like, hashtags about them, Mm. right? And Mm. I think the issues that already exist with, like, the systemic biases in TV and movies um, are just compounded when you add in a culture of, like, um, that, like, a culture of, um, how do I put this? Needing new content all the time. Those kind of issues are just, they feed off of each other. So, like, in a show like Riverdale where, I am i don't know, I've never watched Riverdale but I assume, like, people always want new seasons. So, like, I guess in, in a writing sense, um, uh, I don't know how to put this, just the writing becomes sidelined in, in order to produce new content mm-hmm. and if you already have a racist system that it kind of just gets worse.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was just
2: my kind of weird abstract point about Netflix hegemony yeah. yeah
1: saying that though people are begging for less Riverdale seasons people want them to stop <laughs> Yeah. The actors themselves they want out but the contract won't allow it they want to leave they want to <laughs> get
3: <laughs> like it's actually so like the fact that I'm still watching is like actually I think it's because I need to like finish things and yeah. like I'm so far in at this moment that I'm like I can't like I can't get out get out wow you
0: see what you yeah yeah um, I honestly
3: i probably should like it's just it. like it, it's not quality like it was and then like it just wasn't
1: <laughs> but mm. going back to um i may destroy you there will definitely be no spoilers but i feel like that is a really good show to watch um trigger warnings everywhere because it's
0: of the subject intense. matter
1: it is very so intense. intense but what makes it a great so, like, when it ended, I, I clapped. That was one of the first times I applauded <gasps> the end of a TV show. So did I! Did you clap? I don't know why I'm shouting. Yes, so did I. So oh, did I. I oh, I don't, know what, I don't know what it was. I just felt myself, like, clapping, and I clapped for a <laughs> Yeah, with conviction. Yeah, I, I was proper like, yep. woo, 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 woo. Because it was so well written. Yes. every every character even if they were the air quotation side character they had their stories fleshed out everybody Mm. was there for Mm. a reason they had a purpose Mm. and that was there were so many layers to this show that I just I felt deeply for every character even if they'd done something wrong I still felt deeply for them because it gave Mm. them that depth and I wanted it to be longer, but I'm glad that it was a limited series and that yeah. it was a short amount of episodes because that's when the quality starts to come in. Do you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. quality over quantity. And the way that she wrote that show was amazing. And it really did surprise me because I wasn't expecting too much from it. But when I did Same. watch it, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing.
0: To a T, I completely, completely agree with you. The last two episodes were just, I went through a whirlwind Emotions, mm. and at the end, I was just left speechless because she is so good at writing and tying things together and kind of making it come back full circle.
1: It was really good to see her in a different light because I started watching mm. Chewing Gum before watching um I May Destroy You, and to see her in such a different character do you know what I mean? Such a different yeah. genre because yeah. this is more of a drama. It was so like it was so eye-opening and it's the fact that it's women like her that weren't allowed a space at the table before in the in the industry and Mm -hmm. it's it's just mad to see that these are the kind of stories and the types of writing that people are not being exposed to because Hollywood has its biases Mm -hmm. let's say she was blacklisted two years ago we would never have gotten this tv show absolutely so it is quite tragic to see that that's what Hollywood is like and there was um I don't know what her name is. I also get her name, um, the lady from Grey's Anatomy, but she's also in Killing Eve, Sandra. Sandra, oh, i I, don't don't laugh. Laugh. Oh, so, I love her. <laughs>
2: season three <laughs> of Killing Eve did not did not do her justice.
4: I Killing Eve is another
2: topic, same. but what, what about what about yeah. season two? Oh, season one and two right. of Killing Eve, beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah. Season okay. three, no. Because I watched season one, but I I didn't get. I need to get back Honest to, to the God, Stacey, two. stop at the end
2: of season two. Yeah. Don't watch season three. Okay, fantastic. Oh, because, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, honestly, you could end it season two and think of it as a finished show. Like, it ends in a way you can just be like, okay, it's done. Yeah. But, um Sanjo, oh,
3: go on. Oh, I just had, like, a quick um, question that just came to mind about just kind of, like, um, black stories, and how um, Hollywood kind of only accepts, I don't want to say this, um, like, I don't know how to say this, I should say, um, like, they don't really look at Black stories that don't have, like, some sort of, like, really sad storyline with it. Trouement, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, like, very rarely do we see, like, stories of Black people just kind of, like, falling in love simply mm. or like like those kind of like movies that we all know and love like the teenage rom-coms but we don't see them with like black casts and stuff mm. that's why I like Insecure by Issa mm-hmm. Rae um oh
1: my god yeah because there really isn't like trauma in your face do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's done mm-hmm. in such a light-hearted way that isn't taking the piss Mm-hmm. You know I mean like there's been episodes where I'm like, yo, I can relate to this. And um some of the movies that Issa Rae does they are quite simply just simple.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I
0: just about story. to say. Yeah, do you remember the photograph because I remember someone interviewing her and she mm-hmm. said um in the photograph which is just like a love story between her and was her name? Lotte Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um she said i want to play boring roles i don't want to play mm-hmm. roles where it's where it centered around me being the black woman you know it was it was simply just a love story and i completely completely like i i didn't even think even as a black person as a black woman i didn't even think of it like that i didn't mm. even think of it like that
2: um i know like i love talking about like tv and like writing and stuff but um I did want to ask about like accountability for um mm. especially cuz I know I think Shane Dawson's been like a big issue recently oh,
3: um yeah.
2: not even issue sorry maybe that's the wrong word but um just I think YouTube stars specifically um are their own breed of like, like uh, n- not being able to take accountability for anything um but Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the recent Jeffree Star video. I haven't seen it. I know what happens in it, but, like, yeah. Um,
1: I haven't seen it. sickening. I haven't seen it. I know. Yeah, go on, Stacey. I saw clips of it, and it was him uh, basically using the Black Lives Matter movement as an excuse to not look at some of the bullshit that he's done. And it's really funny to me how every single year, Jeffree Star has to release a video saying, I'm not racist! (laughs) But then, in the same video, says something that's problematic and unnecessary. So, for example, in this video, he said like, "There's more things happening in the world. Um, look at the Black Lives." So he was basically saying like, "Breonna Taylor." He was just saying these names, and people mm-hmm. were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." Okay, so you, as a problematic racist white man are saying the names of people who have been subjected to police brutality as a way to shield yourself from accountability and the wrongs that you have committed. Mm. And what's worse is that he said these names, but in the description box of the video, he didn't put down any resources about the Black Lives Matter movement organization or like where to do petitions and donations, he didn't link anything in his description box, but he felt the need to say the names of those people. And I went, after I saw it on Twitter, I went onto his Instagram, because I don't follow him. Um, I went onto his Instagram, and I saw that there was zero mentioning of the Black Lives Matter. He didn't even do the black square thing. Oh wait, did he do the black square thing? Let me go on it and see. I think he did like two posts, and then that was it. Back to his pink aesthetic. You know what though? I just I just
2: sometimes think with with YouTube celebrities who have to do this constant cycle of like apology videos or like whatever, it doesn't it just get exhausting not to just like take a step back and be like just take a break from like your platform and just like do your own thing and like work on yourself. Like I just like mm-hmm. I, I Like, if I, if I was in that position, I'd be exhausted of having to, like, have to shield myself from... You know what I mean? I just think, like, mm-hmm. how hard is it to just, like, be genuine about something? Like, how far... How, how long can you run away from,
1: like, your history of racism, you know? I mean, it's easy for him to run away because of how big his following is. There will yeah. always be new fans... And then some of those fans aren't really too bothered about his history. They're like, as long as he apologised, it's okay. And a lot of times when Jeffrey apologises, it's other people. It's non-black people, non-POC people who are accepting his apology on their behalf. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that apology, it really does not mean anything because it's not coming from the people that he hurt. And You know what? I I
2: think that's like a, a, a big wide issue of like, not even just YouTube, but like, celebrities in general like they'll maybe make an apology or like do one like especially white celebrities or non-black celebrities they'll like do one activist thing or like they'll apologize for one thing and then like everyone will be like oh no like we understand and it's not even black people like black fans and -hmm. I just think like who like who do you think you are to like accept an apology that wasn't even directed at you
1: like do you know what I mean and even hmm. then though people like jeffree star and shane dawson they don't outwardly say i am sorry and then back it up with actions um mm-hmm. i think for them the only time that they will see as being a big issue and like oh i have really i have really have fucked up is when it it's affecting their um income so for jeffree mm-hmm. star he's no longer in partnership with morphy morphy has removed him um, I don't know about his ownership rights within Morphe because we know that he owns part of it, but um he's not making he's not in partnership with them anymore. Um with Shane Dawson, like a lot of his videos that he's not gonna get money from advertisements anymore, I think. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they
3: demonetized him.
1: That's the word. So he's mm-hmm. been demonetized. So that's when it's like, okay, I really have done something wrong here for it to affect my money. But then it's also like these companies they knew that they had a history of racism but they were still in partnership with them so now it's kind of a question of whether this is a performative act on their part to protect their own brand as opposed to them actually caring about them being racists do you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. that's something that is a bit tricky to understand like what they're what, what what is the intention of YouTube what is the intention of Mac and a lot of times it is self-preservation and I don't blame them for it because people are boycotting at the moment and they don't want to risk it I think that's that's basically everything you know I mean I did put here like Ellen is not as generous <laughs> as you thought <laughs> but I don't really know what else I can say to that to be honest
3: that's For big. our
1: outro I think we should sing
3: imagine <laughs> Imagine all all the people.
1: I don't really know the words, to be honest.
3: Living for today. You
0: You (laughs) must say I'm a dreamer. Go on for them. Sorry, that's all. That's my contribution. And racism was solved. We did it, guys. Give yourselves a round of applause.
3: (laughs) no more murder no
0: more
3: we did it racism Um, the beginning of time till 2020 please check out our instagram page at the wokeness podcast there we have posted some resources for anyone who is interested in furthering their education on anti-racism we have recommended some books films and podcasts that you can listen to and check out Also, we have some petitions that you can sign as well. Feel free to comment any other suggestions in the comments section below. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, this is a movement, not a moment. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Do you think dinosaurs were racist? Well, you know, speciesist. Species. Oh, definitely. Because I I think if you have...
2: Predator, well, I don't think racism is the right word, maybe, but like dinosaurs, they have predator and prey, like any animal, right? Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah okay,
0: discriminated based on I don't
2: think that is a, a good uh framework to apply to racism, though. I think dinosaurs don't if have if I a concept. eat meat,
0: does that mean that I'm discriminatory to animals?
2: Um, that is a question, depends the processes behind. How you got that meat, I guess. That's
3: true. Mm. Oh, that's a thought. That's a
1: that's <laughs> so do you I think like it. I don't know what to say to that either, but I feel like it would also be split into carnivore and herbivore.
0: Predator mm. and prey or Omnivore.
1: Or omnivore. I like oh.
0: the dinosaurs kind of that are vegetarian.
1: They're nice. What, like the long neck ones? Do you guys remember the Land before time? Yes. Yeah, with all the baby dinosaurs and that. Yeah, I remember. That's so that. Cute. Yeah, I remember that. I feel like some of those were a bit, you know, questionable. I feel like a lot of them had racial undertones. I don't know. Maybe I could assume? go
2: into a whole thing about like fantasy racism.
1: Oh, Zootopia
2: geez. trash. What are they doing? Trash. They are really, that's a really good way to no, because like you can't. Okay, I was gonna cut off, but like Zootopia, you can't like essentialize racism into like predator prey dynamics. Do you know what I mean? Like to because it it like in it like implies that black people are inherently dangerous or something like that do you know what i mean when like racism (gasps) is a social construct like it isn't actually a real thing but predator prey dynamics like that is a real biological thing
0: whoa